0: Welcome back to the Diabetics Doing Things podcast, where we're telling the amazing, untold, wacky, weird, and inspiring stories of type 1 diabetics from across the world. I'm your host, Rob Howe, and I wanted to let you know that we now have over 500 years of living with T1D on the podcast, and we're on track to be over 1,000 by the end of the summer, which is pretty exciting. I also wanted to chat about my new email series, Friday T1D Feels, where I send you a personal note no fancy graphics or anything like that, about what I've been thinking about in the world of type 1 diabetes during that week. If you're into that, just go to DiabeticsDoingThings.com and sign up. I'd also like to take a minute to talk about hashtag coverage to control. JDRF is raising awareness around the fact that most of us don't get to pick the insulin pumps we have, just the ones our insurance will cover. Just imagine if your cell phone was like that. Except this isn't a phone, it's what keeps us alive. So let your voice be heard and tell your insurance company that T1Ds and their doctors should decide what kind of pumps they use, not the companies. I'm looking at you, Aetna, United Healthcare, Blue Cross, Blue Shield. Let's get this right. Okay, enough chatter. Let's get back to the episode. Welcome back to another episode of Diabetics Doing Things. We're telling the amazing stories of T1Ds from all over the world, uh, and today we're actually going even further out than we've ever been into uh, a guest that is from Sweden, and uh, we've never had anybody from Sweden before, uh, so Sarah Mobak is my guest. Uh, welcome to the podcast.
1: Hi. Thank you so much.
0: Well, it's very exciting to have you here. Um, and uh, you have been one of the most easy uh, interviews to coordinate internationally. I think we got our first uh, our first try right on uh, right on the button. So uh, thank you for making the time to come on the show.
1: Yeah, I'm super excited about this to tell you about my diabetes history.
0: Well, I know a lot of our listeners. Whenever we have a international guest. Um, Talking about what it's like to live with type 1 diabetes in another country is always uh, sort of a hot button, so I'm very excited to have you as well. So uh, why don't we get started? How did you uh, join our T1D family? What's your uh, diagnosis story?
1: Um, well, I've been diagnosed for almost 15 years, I think it is this year. and. Um, well the same week i was received my diagnosis uh we had a musical show in school and uh, a classmate it is kind of a long story but a classmate to me had a sister who who has diabetes too and um, she was inviting me to to take a blood sugar test the same week and uh, i didn't really want to take the blood sugar because i I think I realized something was going super wrong with me and my body, so I I said no. Uh, but the night um, before I got into a hospital, um, the, there was the musical performance, and after the concert, my classmate uh, mom called my dad and told uh, my dad that I think Sarah has diabetes and then my parents realized well yeah she might have diabetes so the day after um, my dad took me to the hospital and uh, i was so skinny and uh, i was so i was so how would you say I was, I was so sick so they could just look at me and yeah and yeah she has diabetes
0: so so, that, so a, a class yeah. a classmate's sister uh, just noticed your symptoms, or
1: um, yeah, because you know, I was drinking so much water, and I went to the bathroom um, many, many, many times during the day, like in school. That was the only thing I I kind of did in school.
0: Yeah, I, I remember. I think it was maybe four or five days before my uh, my diagnosis. I was I was watching a movie. And yeah. uh, I think it was The Aviator uh, with Leonardo DiCaprio, and I only saw probably thirty minutes of that like three-hour movie because every five minutes it seemed like I was getting up and going to the bathroom. It was the worst.
1: Yeah, it's so crazy. Like you can't like realize yourself that you are you're sick or something's wrong. Well, because, I, it, because it,
0: it's not that abnormal to go. to... I mean, you just feel like. Man, I'm going to the bathroom a lot. It doesn't. It doesn't immediately set off a trigger.
1: Yeah, and I was I I I come up with a friend and I was telling her like, oh, I'm so thirsty all the time, and she was telling me, oh, oh, I also drink a lot of water uh, some period in my uh, in my in the year, and you might be in that period in your lifetime when you are drinking so much water, and I was like, well. Maybe, maybe it's normal, sometimes, <laughs> but no, it it's not.
0: Right. So, when you you got diagnosed, you went to the hospital. Yeah. Um, and they obviously told you that you had type one diabetes. And uh, did you feel much better? I, I think those that's one of the main things I remember from my diagnosis is as soon as they told me I had diabetes, I felt really sad and was very scared. But as soon as they gave me insulin, I just felt immediately a hundred percent better
1: yeah because i the first the day when we arrived to the hospital um they called in sweden uh it, it was called the sugar sugar disease i think and i didn't really know what that was that was like am i going to die or am i going to survive this and how is my life going to change I really had no idea what diabetes really meant but the first day they gave me insulin and uh, and food of course because I didn't eat so much either and uh, well yeah I think I think I it was so long time ago but I I do realize that I felt so much better after just a few hours and um and it it was like a wake up call like oh is this how life should be is this like is this really good how good you should be like am i doing my
0: <laughs> No no you're doing you're doing perfect i think yeah it it's it is how it should be right so you like it, it's like a breath of fresh air i remember uh my vision I, i'm not sure how high your blood sugar was when you went to the uh went to the hospital but i imagine it was pretty high and yeah, like
1: our, the the meter couldn't say what it was it was too high
0: right so you, like you know over 600 uh, in in Sweden you guys have a different uh, un, unit of measurement and i apologize i don't it know
1: 770
0: yeah wow oh. that, so that was right yeah in, in the us that's probably like you know a 1000 so it's a lot yeah. <laughs> yeah and i remember just uh once I got insulin in me, like my eyes were kind of out of focus because they had been, the blood sugar had been so high, but I just felt like, oh, I was like, oh man, I feel like myself again. I, this is that I, I remember how this, what this felt like. I wasn't as tired. I got, and I just, I felt, I was like, okay, like when do we get to go home? I was so ready to just go on and live my life because I knew what was going on. Um, yeah. What was that education process like for you uh, in the hospital? Like as you, after, after you got your insulin and you were feeling better, um, did you feel like uh, everything was going to be okay? Were you scared? What was, what was the diagnosis like for you?
1: Um, well, I, I, I do remember when, when I was going to take my first uh, insulin shot and uh, my nurse told me like, oh, this is going to be fine and, and so on and I was like, oh, I can do this one time and she was telling me like oh you sh- you are going to be doing this your your whole life this is we don't like we don't can we we can't take this from you you have diabetes and you need to take your insulin every day all day and then i was starting to cry and uh, was very upset and really angry like why me and why my life and Yeah, because I was doing good, I was eating healthy and, you know, all these things you should do when you are a child and a happy child. So, um, it was, yeah, it was a hard and a rough time, I think. But But even, yeah, sorry. No, no, go ahead. But even with this diagnosis, I think I realized, like, I do have diabetes and... um, well, am I going to live with it? But I should do everything I can do to to be as normal as possible.
0: I totally agree, and I think um, I think we all have a moment like that where you know you you sort of take on the weight of the moment, and you're like, oh, like I have to test my blood sugar, and I have to give myself a shot, or I have to you know get a pump, or and I have to always be conscious of this, and it's sort of overwhelming. Um, but yep. but then also we hit that moment like you said we're like I want to do everything that I that I was gonna do anyway. So what were those things for you? What what were those dreams and what are the things that you wanted to do with your life?
1: Um, I I I played the violin and my dream was to go to uh, the capital of Sweden, Stockholm, and uh, to continue to play the violin and 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 travel and uh, move from my parents' home and. Like be a normal teenager, and uh, I was, I, I did it, and I I think I I went to parties and uh, was meeting new friends, and uh, yeah, nothing could couldn't stop me, like even the diabetes.
0: And that's so great. I I think you know we we have to celebrate those things for for. Like T one Ds everywhere because those moments are not especially early on. uh, Every step forward is 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 a huge step in the right direction. So, what was that process like for you and like your parents? Um, Were there you know obstacles to overcome? Like, uh, were you afraid? You know, how how did you get through those moments?
1: Um, Well, I think I I hold my my emotions. To myself, which I think it's not a good choice, but I wanted to be a grown up very early in the di- diagnose, and um, sometimes I, I called my parents and I cried and like feeling like I didn't had n- no one to to talk about these things, but uh, the funny thing or yeah the funny thing is that a few years later. My dad coming to my room and was like, "Oh, Sarah, I think um, well, can you take a blood sugar on me?" And I was like, "What?" And my dad is a is a doctor himself, so it was kind of weird. Like he was asking me for for help, and um, and I was like, "No, why? Why should I?" And he was like, "Oh, I I think I'm drinking too much coffee, but I'm going to the bathroom, uh, uh, like." more than I should. So I took a blood sugar test on him and it was, I think it was 15 MMOL in Sweden. And uh, he was like, oh, well, I'm going to the doctor tomorrow. <laughs> so my dad also have, right now, the diagnosed type 1 diabetes.
0: Wow. So, so Yeah. Uh, and, and obviously that was like later on in his life, uh, so when he was older.
1: Yeah, it was like fifty-one or something.
0: Wow! So now you, so now you and your dad have type one.
1: Yeah. So today, I'm I'm really glad that he also have it <laughs> um, because now we can talk and we can relate to each other in the di in the diagnose because I really can't. I think it's hard to get a person who doesn't have a diabetes to understand how it's really feels to have the disease and uh, yeah like talk up op- open about the blood sugar and how's life's going like in general yeah and
0: has that made you guys much closer um in your you know father daughter relationship
1: yeah i think so yeah definitely
0: and what kind of things do you guys talk about uh just uh and you know is it uh... Is it more just like you, kind of the roles have reversed, and you kind of are telling your dad, uh, you know what to expect and what to do, and and uh, and he's asking you for things and asking you advice and things like that.
1: Yeah, he's like, oh, what should I do now, or or do you do you think I'm I'm low now because I was doing a, a walk before, or like it's not that hard, like hard questions, but. Uh, it's like a mental thing because, um, for example, like when you are getting high and you want to eat, and it's like, oh crap, I, I need I need to eat, but I'm I i can not eat right now because I need to wait for my blood sugar to, to like go down a little bit before, and um, he can call me sometime and just oh my night was a shitty night because. It was low and then high and I was eating and take some insulin and yeah, the whole thing.
0: That's so cool. I think like having somebody that's very close to you uh, that you can reach out to, I mean, just makes it makes a huge difference just because you have that relationship there already. Um, And so many type ones that I talked to say that their their journey with type one changed when they either got involved with the community on the Internet or they made a friend in real life, or they um, you know met someone at a support group and became their friend. Um, and so that's, that's how, how you know what a sort of blessing in disguise um, you know for you and your dad to be going through that together.
1: Yeah, because I think it's it's very important to to get to know some other who have the same like who have diabetes too. Um, you don't even really need to talk about diabetes and how how hard it is or how easy it is but it could be nice to to like be with someone who has the same like problems and they can realize and yeah you can talk about it but yeah do you so find, I,
0: mean, I think you've touched on this a little bit already like do you find um, especially in your real life so you're you know going to work or you're at school or you're out with friends and maybe you've had a tough blood sugar day it's been a, a shitty blood sugar day and you've had highs or lows and do you find that you don't explain those things because I, I now have a, a group of friends that I uh, that I know from a, a theater around around town a comedy theater and there's like five of us in the group and so we can just say you know if, it's basically just like a complaint chain for type 1 diabetics we can just go in there and say if we've been having a rough day we can talk about it and there's five people that understand exactly what we're going through.
1: Um, yeah, um, I don't I, I do I do have a good blood sugar general, but it was like last Friday, I me and my friends went out to eat a pizza, and it was a because I'm gluten intolerance, and so it was a few years ago that I was eating a pizza, but they they offered me a gluten- free pizza. so I was like, oh, now it's the time <laughs> to eat one. So I was like taking some insulin, and uh, like 45, one hour later, it was like so super high, and I was like, "Oh shit! Why should I? What should I do?" Like it's 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 lunchtime. I do have a few hours left um, to do some work and and so on. But uh, I ex- I explained to my my friends and to my coworkers that um, that I'm feeling a little bit tired, and uh, and that was it. I didn't really explain why, and that it was my diabetes and my blood sugar. But I think they—they they know me so well, so they don't really ask.
0: And and in that same vein, like uh, in your professional career, like we're at work, um, how do you talk about your type one, or when you, uh, you know, how do you bring that up with your coworkers?
1: Um I, well, I don't think I talk about it so much. I do inform them that I have diabetes and that I need to to eat in specific times and I need to eat my lunch and maybe a snack between the the big meals. and um, and sometimes I need to calibrate my my CGM. and they think that is fine. Sometimes someone a uh, random person like, "Oh, are you going to eat an apple now?" or it's a meeting, and it's a it's a shitty comment, and uh, I do if I, I if I get a a comment like that or someone like tracking down on me, I they get the same back.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think that's a that's a feeling that a lot of. Uh, type ones here especially in America go through Um, and I'm sure you see like the same like memes and things on like Instagram about responding to comments like that
1: yeah because I if I handle my life they should handle their life right so I'm doing this for, for me like I'm not doing this for my coworkers or some other persons that I'm meeting so I'm doing this for me like I want to do as good as possible in my diagnosis.
0: No, 100%. Um, I want to shift gears a little bit and talk about sort of diagnosis and living with type one in Sweden, um, because I think that's something that, um, you know, a lot of us are curious about is, is how type ones across the world uh, live and in what ways we're all the same and then in what ways some things are different.
1: Yeah, I don't really know how it is to have diabetes in the U.S., but in Sweden, uh, we do have a, We do all 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 people in Sweden pay some taxes, and uh, when you are getting a disease or you want or you or you're going to the hospital, it's not. It doesn't cost anything. It's um. It's kind of free. Well, some Swedes might be listening to this and like, oh, what what is she talking about? But we don't pay any hospital fees because we are paying taxes um, in Sweden. So, um, and we get all the insulin for free and all the the things that it belongs to, to oh, like the blood sugar testing and and so on. But when it comes to the new modern things. Like the the freestyle lever and uh, some pumps, I think uh, all people doesn't get it because the the hospital needs to to buy from the the companies and uh, some hospitals in Sweden doesn't do yeah because it it's a it's a huge cost for the hospital.
0: Yeah, and I think I've read some you know different literature online about how um, you know Sweden is like a really good example of uh, of healthcare of you know government provided healthcare through the taxes, yeah. um, but that's also interesting that it's like it's not always it's not just free healthcare right there's always a caveat and um, you know with that with those things come you know that not everything is available all the time or the newest technology so that's very interesting.
1: Yeah, because I was getting the the new um, CGM from Medtronic, like the Guardian Connect. Mm-hmm. Have you heard? Of it? Um, yeah, and it's it's and I was like talking to Medtronic, and and I was like, oh, I'm getting some questions about if if you want to buy it as a private person, and they were like, oh no, you you can't because you need to go through the hospital to get one. So you so you need to to go to your diabetes doctor and uh, like beg on your knees that they should buy it so you can yeah take it.
0: And in some in some countries, I know the UK specifically, if your if your numbers are within range, so if you if you have like a good A1C, they often won't give you a like a CGM. Uh, they won't pay for your CGM because you don't need it to their yeah. like their criteria says you don't need it even even though it, it would be so helpful to have one. So it's very interesting, like, the criteria that they have for chronic illness because, you know, we all still have the same diabetes no matter how we take care of it. And a CGM could be just as beneficial for someone whose blood sugars are always in range as someone who is having a tough time.
1: Yeah, I know. It's the same in Sweden. It's so crazy because I was begging to get the freestyle Libre. Um, before uh, a few, uh, maybe a year ago, and they was like, "Oh no, you can't get one because you are too perfect in your diabetes," and I was like, "No, but it's really hard. I'm do I do fight every day to have a good blood sugar," and they were like, "Oh, how many blood sugar tests are you taking every day?" And uh, they did um and they did a some ca- how do you say count on it, and I was like taking uh blue sugar test twelve twelve times a day and then I get a Libra.
0: <laughs> so and you had you had to prove there, that you that there was a need for it.
1: Yeah. Like you have to beg on your knees if you want to have one.
0: And and that's a tough feeling, right? Because you you yeah. feel you feel good about the range that you're in and you want to make it easier on yourself to get there, and someone else who is in charge of, you know, your, you know, the the, the products that keep you alive, uh, says no. What was that? What was that feeling like?
1: It feels like they don't even care. Like the the doctors and the nurses don't even realize how hard it is to have diabetes, and that's the craziest thing because they told me like. Oh but you are looking so so happy and and you are so healthy. You're looking so good. You don't need one. And I was like you don't even know how my life is. Like how hard I fight every day like with blood sugar and insulin and like preparing food in my my bag every day and buying snacks and yeah, you know it. And um and you even in Sweden, we have the, those uh, diabetes sites on Facebook and they are sharing a site where they are really showing that with a CGM, the, the person with diabetes uh, live longer. And when you are reading that and you don't get a CGM or something else like a pump or, or something, that's really depressing.
0: Oh, right. ab- absolutely! It's like I yep. how, I can't. I, it leads a lot of questions, right? And it's like, do they don't understand? The first one being like they don't understand me. The second yeah. being like, oh, they're not giving me every opportunity I have to have the best quality of life. Yeah, that's it's, true. It's very interesting. In the in America right now, we're going through. Um, in the, the House of Representatives passed a, a healthcare a new healthcare bill that lists type one diabetes as a pre-existing condition. So um, we would have to get charged extra from insurance companies because we have type one diabetes. And there are a number of other diseases as well, including cancer, heart disease. Um, and so right now there's a lot of advocacy. Um, people are writing their senators because the bill now goes to the Senate and um, you know, type one diabetics, we don't want to have to pay extra for already having type one diabetes because we couldn't help it. There's nothing we could have done. Um, and so now, you know, there, it's very, when you see that, and there's that lack of awareness of what this disease actually is and how you get it and how you treat it. Um, it is depressing. It's like, uh, it makes, and like you said, uh, when, when your coworkers uh, make a, a comment like, oh, you're going to eat an apple. It's like well, you see that, and it's like oh well, you can't have this because you have this disease. Um, yeah, it makes you makes you angry. I, I you know I feel upset, and it's just uh, it's very frustrating.
1: Yeah, it's the same when it's like um, uh, coffee and uh, a sweet. Maybe in in, uh, in Sweden we call fika. And uh, oh, and they are telling me that I can't eat it because it's sugar inside it. And uh. like. Like, yeah, want to the, punch that's, them in the face.
0: <laughs> it's so terrible. Yeah, I think uh, a few of my guests always talk about that. It's always bad at at work when you whenever there's like a, a celebration or there's like some snacks or like a sweet or donuts or like cakes. You, yeah, you have and it's like, oh, should you be eating that?
1: Like, yeah. like I'm I'm a, I'm a person like you. If I could eat, if you can eat, I can eat. It's the same.
0: But, so yeah. So with that in mind, like, how, um, what kind of diabetes advocacy groups and awareness groups are there in Sweden that um, that you're involved in, or um, you know, what kind of ways do you guys try to spread awareness?
1: Well, it's I uh, I do have one of the bigger blogs in Sweden uh, about diabetes type one. And uh, I'm recently um, started to uh, to reach out to people by talking uh, at big events about my life with diabetes, and uh, to to be to get more people to be aware of diabetes really is for diagnosed because. Oh, for, because like we were talking about before, like people can say to me, "Oh, but do you have diabetes, but you are so skinny? Like aren't diabetes people fat? And I was like, no, you're wrong. <laughs> so I think we need to reach out more than we are today. But I think like this pod, podcast is it's really good because I think you are reaching out to more people. And uh, it's a modern way to 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 reach out to to people who don't really know what diabetes is.
0: And it's it's great too because uh, I can talk to people in Sweden. I can, you know I can talk to people all over, yeah. um, and continue to spread you know awareness of what it's like globally. And I think what the, my my favorite part of it is that even though you and I have never met, uh, we I mean the problems that we have here in the U S are very similar to the ones that you're going through in Sweden. So I think that really kind of brings us more together as a community and lets us all know, like we shouldn't be silent about our, you know, our struggle with diabetes. We don't have to do this alone. We can continue to educate people every day about what we're going through.
1: And I was like getting a, a email from a woman who had diabetes for, yeah, all of her life. And she was like 40 years old and was having a husband and two children, age of 12, I think. And she was telling me, how can you be so open about your diabetes? Because my husband and my children have never, ever seen me taking a shot. And I was like, oh, really? We need to get this. We need to do something about this because people are ashamed of their diagnosis. And that's not life. You shouldn't be ashamed of who you are and whatever diagnosis you have cancer or diabetes or something else you shouldn't be ashamed at all It's the community that that should teach the 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 people around that it is okay to take a shot or to eat a donut or like it's nothing yeah
0: it is, and I think with that in mind, um, you know, spreading awareness and like being open with uh, and, and confident with your diabetes. What, uh, I guess, who who's someone that motivates you, or you look up to, and you say, you know, I, I can do this because they're doing it, or um, someone you get encouragement from, either in, you know in your life or you know in the T1D community.
1: Well, I think I, I do, I, I am really confident about who I am and and that I have diabetes, and I shouldn't be ashamed of that, because that's, like like you said, said before, like, it's it's not my fault that I got diabetes, um, but I'm looking up to, to um, I went to Amsterdam with uh, a bunch of diabetic people in my age, like 25, 26, 27 something like that and they are really encouragement to me because they are showing their normal life with diabetes and and it's it's so funny to see how people really can show their diabetes in a good way and they are they don't cry and but they are like talking shit about the the pump and the blood sugar and Oh I really want to eat the 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 donut now but wow I eat it anyway. (laughs) Like it's it's quite funny and it's a it's a comic way to to feel good about your disease. And I think there are a lot of people out there like like you and like um, like glitter glucose (laughs) like I'm following on Instagram. Like those people really need to to get more more space in, in media. Because I think they are doing a good job and to help others who are ashamed of their diagnosis.
0: It's funny you bring up Paloma because um, you know, her interview is so great and she does such awesome work um, in, in Arizona here in the US. The more, yeah. pe- the more people I meet with type 1 diabetes, like within five minutes, I, am, I feel like I've known them for years. I, I I was recently at a JDRF event here in Dallas, and I was just moderating a panel, and I met the panel members maybe five minutes before uh, th- before we all went up there, and uh, by the end of the the hour, we were all joking around and laughing with each other, and just sharing our stories. And I think we we just feel more comfortable around other Type Ones. It was just a very I don't know. It's a very cool experience just to be able to have uh, no matter how many people you're connecting with, like you can make a difference in your T1D community, even if there's only a few people around you, just from giving you giving that like openness and being around other people. it's, It's very important and we can make a big impact by doing that. So I would always encourage people and I've been doing that more than ever these days to get involved with someone else with type 1 diabetes. However you feel like that's best, whether that's on Instagram or whether that's online or on a blog or making a race team or just going to your local JDRF events, um, those things make a huge difference.
1: Yeah. And you feel that that awkward confident when you are around uh, people with diabetes. Like it's it's a feeling that it's that it's okay to show to show the pump and to show your when you're taking the insulin because it's not weird.
0: It's and not. That's... It's not weird. It's it's, it's funny. It's like um, I I feel the same way that I I would feel with like a teammate and like a sports team. Uh, we just know each other and uh, and are confident around each other. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. So. Um, Sarah, what are you most looking forward to um, in your type one uh, walk? In your as as a type one diabetic in Sweden um, in 2017, um, what what are you looking forward to out on the horizon?
1: Um, I'm recently starting my own business um, called Easy Type where I'm um, I'm going to talk more about the, the diagnose diagnosis and how it is to live with it, and um, tomorrow I'm going to meet a friend or someone I haven't met her before but we are going to um, to do a diabetes meetup in in Sweden uh, to yeah to invite people who have diabetes and to make a weekend of it and um, yeah to share more about how it is to to live with a, a disease like like this one and well, that it is okay to yeah, to feel bad about it and to cry and to laugh and yeah, every emotion.
0: Well, first of all, congratulations on uh, on the new business. I know that's a huge uh, that's a huge step, and you know, thank you for all the work that you're doing um, to bring people together. I think that's amazing, and um, you know, I think we all could do a little bit more uh, in our own ways uh, to you know bring other type ones together and spread that awareness. But um, I'm really glad you're doing that. It's fantastic.
1: Yeah, thank you. <laughs> it feels amazing.
0: It does. And I think that's, you know, anytime you're going into like a new business, like if you really love it and it really means a lot to you, that's going to make it easy on the days where, you know, you just have a lot of work to do. Um, I'm speaking from experience here. It's like, you know, there are some days where I don't want to go edit podcasts, but I just, I know that it, it can make a difference for someone. So, um, you know, that's what keeps me going.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's, uh, it's funny that it could be a tough, either like one day but then you got an like one email from someone you you don't even know and it tells you that oh what you are what you are doing are making my life more easier and that's so so fantastic. I'm so glad to make like one one person more confident confident in their diabetes.
0: Yeah, and and that's that's the difference, right? Just uh, one person at a time. Um, yeah. and you know, even just making somebody's life or day better, you know, just one one day at a time. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm really glad you're doing that. I I, uh, I hope to hear more about EasyType.se. That's exciting.
1: Yeah, I hope you you do that too.
0: Yeah,
1: I have big plans, but we'll see how it goes.
0: Well, good. I love it. I, uh, big plans are always uh, are always exciting. So I wish you the best on that. Yeah, thank um, you. Sort of in the same vein, I always ask this question, and uh, and I've been getting different answers. So I'm trying to you know think about different ways to ask it. But let's just put like the the scenario is like you only have you only have time to answer or to tell a person who's been recently diagnosed one thing. Or somebody who's struggling with diabetes, tell them one thing. Like you're about to get on a plane, you've got to go. Like you're gonna, uh, you've got to leave, and you've only got like 15 seconds with them. What's the one thing that you tell them?
1: Oh God, I should tell the person that life isn't over, and um, live your life like you didn't have diabetes, because life is so much more. Uh, than taking the shots and and test your blood, blood sugar it's a part of your life but your life will uh, yeah your dreams are coming true if you really want to
0: I love that I think that's uh, and I and I believe it I think I I'm evidence of that I think you are and I think you know a lot of my other guests are and there's so many other examples of um, of people who didn't let type 1 be the be the end for them Um, and I think that's what's great about today in the community is that it can be the beginning of something really awesome Um, I you know I've met so many people just because I've been um, I decided to start being more open um, and and allowing other people to uh, you know kind of enrich my life I guess with other type 1 diabetics who have these amazing stories uh, and yourself included so you know thank you so much for uh, for reaching out and for coming out on the podcast.
1: Oh, thank you so much for having me. It was a lot of fun.
0: It was. Um, If our guests want to connect with you, uh, where can they find you online?
1: Um, Instagram is uh, easytype.se, and uh, it's the same on Facebook. And I do have a blog, um, but it's in Swedish right now. But I will let you know when it's it's, uh, global.
0: Great, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that, that's one thing I was like, you know what, if it's in Swedish, I don't know if I'm going to be able to, to get it, but that Google translate, uh, really comes in handy.
1: Yeah, I know. (laughs) I will let you know when it's translated. Yeah, please do. Yeah. Uh,
0: well, Sarah, thank you so much, uh, for taking time out of your day to talk to us. And, uh, we will, uh, look forward to seeing what you do with easy type and, uh, and please keep in touch. Thanks for listening to Diabetics Doing Things. Subscribe to our newsletter for weekly emails and behind-the-scenes content. And if you or someone you know has an amazing story to share, send an email to rob at diabeticsdoingthings.com.